Hello everyone. I want to Hello everyone. I want to tell people you all that are listening that I grew up with this immeasurable violations of privacy and confidentiality. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit more about what I said in previous episodes about my buying materialistic properties and buying materialistic environments from women when I was an organized crime at the age of five. So let me expound more on how that worked in quotations. So the women would expose to me employee information Uh, managerial information, organizational information, customer contact information, professional information. Um, I remember that they were exposed to me uh, phone numbers, addresses, medical records, social security, financial records, trade secrets, and marketing strategies. And like I said, customer information. Because they, because all these people were women and they heard about me buying houses and cars uh, when it came to women. Um, I never bought materialistic things for any guy. Um, it was understood. And if Antonio buys something, he's only buying it for the ladies, so he got to leave him be is their exact words. Organized crime figures remarking on it. That's what they said. And so they showed me all these um, confidential records uh, because they wanted me to send things to them or ship things to them. And... Uh, they wanted me to ship uh, materialistic things to them. Uh, it could be jewelry. It could be gifts. It could be food. It could be drinks. It could be anything bootlegged. Um, it could be mu- It could be albums. It could be. Uh, it could be comedy albums, music albums. It could be movies, uh, you know, clothes, even flashy clothes. So because I hung out with women criminals, they would um, help me to get all these things for all these women because they liked the idea that I was a gentleman gangster in their mind. Um, Like a poker face, if you will. Um... In terms of, I was in organized crime, but I was not completely heartless. I was pretty much the gentle soul that I've been my whole life. And within that world, from what I remember, I remember the, uh, you know, I would ship things to the addresses. I would call them and they sent me. That those other information I told you about because some of them would use the money I would give them to start their own businesses and they wanted um, my input on how to run their businesses. And these were street women. All the women I'm talking to you about were of the street. That means some did crimes and some were in the streets, but they weren't committing crimes. So give that more context. So I saw things I shouldn't have seen, including those confidential records, and it was the fault of all those women. So when I came, when it came to the women criminals and myself, um, they would just help me buy these things, and I would have like a list of things that these women wanted, and so they would put it in the criminal's name, um, from what I remember, and so it made it look like oh. That's just, oh, that's just a mother and her son going places. And a lot of people 
thought that these women criminals were actually my mom, but they weren't. But because I tended to, you know, these women criminals tended to be black and these women of color, and we both had, you know, typical features of a black person, um, they assumed that, oh, that's her, that's her son. They was like, is that your son? Oh, he's so cute. And the women crumbs were like, yeah, that's my child. I love him. Da, 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 da. They acted like a doting mother when we were in the checkout line buying these things. And people, you know, they would say, you know, I'm just, and the women criminals would lie and say, hey, I'm just law-abiding. I work hard, and so I'm buying these early holiday gifts. And people wouldn't bat an eye, as far as I saw. If they did, I didn't see it. Um, I do remember in public hanging out with the women criminals. Sometimes it wasn't always hanging out because other women wanted something. Sometimes they would say, hey, go come shopping with me. Or come eat with me. Or come hang out with my homies with me. So they'll have me tag along. So I wasn't always selling drugs. I wasn't always at the gas station. I wasn't always in the child sex tourism world. I wasn't always um, doing the gambling, bookmaking, bookkeeping, shooting dice. Um, I wasn't always doing those things. There were times where I'd show up here they said just spend time with me. And the people around the women criminals were extra nice to me because I understood. Um, these women criminals, um, in the words of the Beastie Boys, license to kill, that, that's how they felt. These organized crime figures. So that was one of the reasons why they never said anything disrespectful to me because it's women criminals just understood, oh, that's oh she that's her. That they see him as their son, so I really gotta treat him right or she might end me. And um You know, it was just, I had to take a breather because I remember interacting with the women criminals and I must admit, I felt emotions deeper than insecurity. So, from what I remember at the time, I remember... We sat down and I shared more about what I was scared of. And I said, don't shame me. And I said, don't make me feel bad about this. But, you know, I do understand that you got weapons. And when you get mad, we both know what happens. And I would say, look, you see me as your son. Just don't do that to me. I had to take a breather on that one. You don't always hear the breathers I take when I talk about things like this. And so I remember um, they would look at me seemingly with compassion and they would hold me in their arms and say, um, the only person that I will never, ever do that to is you. There's, you know, and they said... You know, there, you know, just being around you makes me think I, I, I have to change my ways, you know, and you make me want to, um, at times, make me want to stop doing what I'm doing. And they said, well, the only person that makes me want to change is you. And I remember saying to them why you know I noticed you've done that in front of me meaning kill 
and they said they just cried um and they, and I cried too and then they said um I'm working on not doing that in front of you so much and then I said will you ever stop completely one day and they said you know you're putting that you know you know you're putting that in my head and I actually like the fact that's in my head so I did try to talk to them about their behavior their murderous behavior and I said to them um how come I don't live with you but you're my mom and they said I'm gonna change that very soon and then they said a part of me feels like I have to keep away from me at times because I have this anger issue you know and I said to them can you control it well when it comes to me? Can you try your best not to do that so much? Because, to be honest, I don't want to have my mom in jail. And I need I, I need my mom very bad. And they cried so much. And they said... Uh, you know, I didn't know I would have such a good son who would straighten his mom out when needed. And that was pretty much how the conversation went. Was there psychological manipulation in that? I, I think so. Emotional manipulation? I mean, I know so. That's why I had mother issues my whole life. Did the mommy issues show up in the affairs I had in college? Yes. And I also had daddy issues. You know, a lot of the organized crime figures were men. So I had a similar conversation with them to have the women, but I was not as sentimental. I was... With men, I couldn't be as sentimental as I was with, you know, them, you know, the women. But the men, I had to speak street, but I still said the same thing, just in a different way, but in a calmer way. I didn't really cry. I didn't cry when I talked to them about it. And they said similar things that the women colors were saying. These were men colors. And so did I have daddy issues? And did it show up in um, my sex life in college? It did. A lot of the, the mommy daddy issues showed up in my sex life. It did. And I am naturally attracted to older people, but it's not perverted or sick. But that natural part of me was perverted by them, though. Your nature can be perverted by unnatural demons. There's no natural demon, but I'm talking about unnatural demons. It's just people who. Know your nature, have game film on your nature, and pervert all things your nature, meaning you and all your truths. And that's what happened to me. So I always helped women start, you know, do their businesses. Um, and that's why they showed me all their information because all the other women that were under them or that they worked for heard about me and these and they were all in the street and they wanted luxurious materialism from me and I gave it to them um and the women killers were also crime bosses so they were okay with me spending them you know some of their drug operations money on um, them because in their mind that's why the women criminals really quote unquote liked to me and I wrote about it in my book but I'll give you new details 
they would see me hold doors open for women, saying ma'am, and, you know, not heavy on the B word, and very hesitant to even say it, didn't really say it, barely, and, you know, any female slur I did, barely said it, didn't really say it. I mean, there's times where I was made to say it, because it's organized crime. You have to do what you don't want to do a lot of times. But I didn't say it with joy. I said it with pain. And women criminals picked up on that. And um, I was... And there are times where I talked to the women criminals. And I said, man, I am very scared of you. And I don't like it. I don't like being scared of women. I'm a gentleman. I'm, supposed to, that's not, I'm not supposed to feel that way. Because I, I saw that I heard their reputation. And women criminals were the main ones who... In their mind, we're going to reassure Antonio that we're for him. Was it, at the time, was it godly? No. I'm only speaking that way because I was Christian back then. Was it positive? No. We're talking about organized crime, so go figure. And they would reassure me through compliments. I know, this is, it's some bribery shit, I know. And it's grooming, I get it. Any psychologist would go, that's grooming. They're they're completely right. They did grooming tactics. Gifts, food, water, clothes, compliments, smiles, you name it. That's what they did. They took all the grooming tactics you think of, that's what they did, did to me. And I remember uh, also, this is all off the top of my head, so I'm using more filler words like um and uh, and I try my best not to, but when I'm depressed... I include the ums and ahs to show you that this is my depression. No, this is the depression. I don't claim it. This is the depression. See, I'm willing to self-correct for y'all to hear. I'm fully human, all genuineness. So, I recognize that when it came to that particular world that I was in, um, I was holding the door open for women. You know, when they would get out of a car, I would hold the door for them. Or when they would, we would walk into an establishment or a business, I would be the first to hold the door open for them. Or I remember having these extra coats, and I would lay my extra coats that that was bought to me not none of my parents none of my parents bought me this these were coats that organized crime figures bought me and I put it in the mud so the women could walk over or if I walked with a woman she had to walk to the side of me I never walked ahead of one never walked behind one they had to walk um to the side of me and we had to lock arms I got that from my grandma she said you know, in the old school days, women, a woman and a man, they lock arms together. It shows that the woman is to be safe. She is to be protected. She can't be hurt at all. So I would have the extra coats so the women could walk over them that way. I'd rather my, the stuff they gave me to get dirty than their clothes and them get dirty. And I would do that for women civilians. I also did that for women criminals. It's like, I, you look, whether you did crimes or not, I was the southern hospitality gentleman that my grandma taught me to be. She's like, you got to do all this for women. This is what, this is how you show that you're a king. And this is how you show them that they're a queen. You know, you know, make them feel like a princess and also make sure you feel like a prince. They got to treat you right, too. They got to be kind to you as much as kind to them. So all that stuff my grandma would teach me at um, her my aunt's house where she lived. This is what this is what we this is what I did. Um, I do remember. Um, at times I tried my best not to cuss around women, Kayla's women civilians I tried my best but but it was hard it was it was immeasurably hard not to cuss around them because my grandma was like you shouldn't you shouldn't be don't be try not to drop bombs around women and I said bombs 
she was she said you know bad words I said oh okay because I was saying but grandma I don't want to hurt women at all that sounds bad the bombs like but I don't that's weapons no right I was like, but grandma, isn't that a isn't that a bad thing? Like a weapon? I heard that that's a weapon. And my grandma was like, oh, bad words. And that's when I said, oh. <laughs> now think about it. I said weapons around her, but I was in the organized crime world. And I said, grandma, I thought you know in school they teach us how to respect people. In school they teach me that's a weapon. And that's when she said bad words. So I put it that way. So she, my grandma wouldn't think you're an organized crime, which I was against my will, as you know. So I remember I had a hard time with that. And I'm like, I would apologize. Like, I'm trying to keep my language clean. I'm really trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. But I keep being in situations where it would just come out and I'm struggling hard not to use expletives around women. I'm struggling with it. And as a kid with the women, should I? I mean, I was a kid, so... You know, kids really don't have a mastered language, so you really shouldn't be with kids, you know, kids. But the civilians, they they weren't offended. And women criminals were the most not offended. They actually liked it, because that's how they would talk with me. Like, we would have profanity-laced conversations. And it felt weird, but they were like, well... Actually, I feel disrespected when you don't, if you don't use that kind of language with me. I'm like, we cool. Was it all boundary shattering? You mean all the healthy boundary shattering? Yes, 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 yes. Were the women civilians just as wrong? Yes, 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 yes. And as I got older, I said, well, not all women keep their language clean. And I said, well, it depends on the woman. Some women aren't offended by it and some are. So when I started doing the podcast, I had that struggle from childhood about, but if I do this podcast, women who don't curse will hear me curse. And women who do curse will hear me curse. But I said, well, when I do it, it's not about female dehumanization. It's, you know, sometimes the the truth is best said profane with compassion as the center so it should be bad that's it's artful when I do it it's not vulgar when I do it so I had that struggle for years until women you know the right women came around me say you know it's situational depends on the woman you know if you're a public figure the women who don't curse gotta understand that there are men who are artful about it, not vulgar about it. And that and those are the exact words to me. So I've healed in that regard, in that area. Um, it was all wrong because when I was a child, to organized crime. I mean, it, it, enough said on that, right? And so when it came to um, I just feel like the way I grew up I I remember women who they were more multi-millionaires in the organized crime world when it came to women than when it came to the men. So I was in more women mansions than men mansions. I was in more women yachts than men yachts. I was in more women penthouse suites than men penthouse suites. I was in more women's houses than men houses and they were I I knew uh the they're they're billion they're billionaires in the organized crime world I knew more women billionaires than men billionaires I knew more women multi-millionaires than men multi-millionaires so I was in multi-million dollar homes that were of the women than of the men and there were, and the women had more sensitive parties in their houses than the men did in theirs. 
and the women were more colorful and more graphic in speech and behavior than the men were. And this is all organized crime. Um, so, for me to really talk about this, it makes me think about one time I saw a church interview uh, for black preachers. It was Pastor Frank Thomas and Pastor Wesley. Those, that's what their titles are. And Pastor Wesley briefly mentioned how the difficulties of pastoring when he had, there was a member of the Alpha Street Baptist Church, Alexandria, Virginia, who committed suicide. And Frank Thomas just let him talk. I wish Frank Thomas had interrupted him and have him expound upon that because mental health and church, that's not a topic that's dealt with lovingly enough. And I scrolled through the Alpha Street Baptist Church's website, meaning their YouTube and their YouTube channel to see did they address this because he said it so freely, like matter of fact, and he just kept talking. And I'm thinking, well, I wonder did he talk about it? Did he preach about it? Even if it's one time, did he say something? And he didn't. And I was heartbroken by that because there could have been more members of Alfred Street Baptist Church who committed suicide. The church is so big, do you know all your members? No. So it could have happened more than once throughout its church history. And um, that, that disturbed me. I remember... Um, I just couldn't understand how something could happen to one of my members and I don't take a stand against people being mistreated to the point where they decided, I want to meet God and this is how I'm going to meet God, which is commit suicide. And that profoundly devastated me. I remember one time I um Alpha Street Baptist Church had his um one of his anniversaries in 2019 and I anonymously wrote how I felt like the church you know did me right as an autistic person. I actually put the autism label on there and if they see autism in the bulletin, it was actually me. But did the church ever reach out to me? They had my email at the time. Um, and they didn't. And then it's like, but autism, especially at a black church, um, should really be something you reach out personally to that person and say, hey, um, we want to thank you for writing this. And how can we best support you as a person on the spectrum? You're giving us something to chew on, that spiritual meat, and that didn't happen, which broke my heart. I don't call out churches to demean. I'm just saying, hey, these are things that have to be done in terms of compassion in order for people to really... Um, To be to be and stay safe when it comes to the church. Um, I notice in church that there's this hierarchy of iniquity and double standards, where it's okay for some people to sin and others can't sin. Like in old school black culture, big mama and big papa. It's okay for them to be sinful and iniquitous, but young people get yelled at and chastised for even one mistake. 
So, some people get to send their way to heaven and some people don't. Some people get to have their sins and iniquities excused, but if you're not a traditional Christian, then God rubs all your sins and iniquities in your face all the way to hell. And I never understood that. And, you know, why are some things preached about and some not? Why is finances attached to some people get delivered, some people don't. Some people get healed, some people don't. Some people get set free, and some people don't. It never made sense to me. Why is hypocrisy permittable for a certain group but not others? Never made sense to me. And then, you know, getting back to organized crime world, that world, um, I can honestly say that all that other information I told you about that they sent me also was because you had all those type of women trying to get special favors from me monetarily. So that explains it. None of this makes sense. So I can't make sense out of it. So you can't make sense out of it either. None of us can make sense out of it if we're all in our right minds, which I, I think we are. So when I think deeply about those type of things, um, It, it just makes me feel solemn, sorrowful as well. Um, and I'm so glad that I can help prevent this from happening to so many countless others. I must admit this. I was a recipient of sexual exploitation, economic exploitation, physical exploitation, intellectual exploitation, all around exploitation at the hands of women more than the men. And as you know, I'm not a misogynist, I'm not a woman basher, I'm not a girl basher, I'm not transphobic, I'm not lesbophobic, I'm not homophobic, I'm not biphobic, I'm not even queerphobic. Um, you know, I'm not into misogynor, I'm not into transmisogynor, I'm, I'm not gayphobic, I'm none, I'm none of those things, so that's not why I'm saying what I'm saying. Um, I'm just telling you what it was like when I was in the organized crime world. And, and this is all off the top of my head. Um, and uh, I saw bank records of people's bank cards and credit cards and debit cards. They showed me all this information because I was so good with helping them file their information properly, store it properly, and I would help them do their taxes, file their taxes, because I was always been a mathematically strong person. So that's all. That's also why they sent me the information, had me see all confidential things I had and wrote memory, R-O-T-E, that they, you know, was typed and written down. Um, I would help them do their mortgage, pay their mortgage, you know, pay their taxes. Um, they would show me all their academic records and all the records that are needed for one to be admitted into a school or to a hospital. Like they would show me all their types of insurances so I grew up in a world where privacy was a joke and confidentiality was a joke, sadly. Um, 
I just, um, I remember there were times where I would play basketball. play ball but I didn't play ball on every basketball court um there were certain basketball courts that I didn't play on because organized crime figures would frequent that court to play and do the operations on that court it could be drug operations violent murderous shit and there were certain courts I would play on where that wasn't an issue. That when I first started playing ball in those bad basketball courts, I mean, you would see um, attacks verbally physical attacks, weapon, usage of deadly weapons, um, fatalities, um, beatdowns, and um, they would show up to scoop women and pick out sex partners from the bleachers, meaning the women. And I just quietly stopped playing on those courts. You know, because crime figures be like, hey, you want to come with us? I'm like, nah, I'm good. But I would go play on other courts where they would have the basketballs there. Or I would, you know, I remember one of the women criminals bought me my own set of basketballs. They don't like to go play. And sometimes they would go play with me. Um... I I was playing basketball with women on those courts. Um, and at first I would try to play on my own my own in a safe area because I'm like I'm trying to get away from organized crime for the day. Sometimes I was able to do that. Most of the time I wasn't because the women's the killers like, you know, let's play. So we would play, and I would say to them, hey, you know, I'm trying to play safe on the court, so whatever you're going to do, at least wait till we get out of the court, and then whatever, right? And they agreed, and to my astonishment, they followed it, because it, and I would tell them, that's why I don't play certain courts, it's dangerous on those courts, I just want to play. And be able to go home and I have to run. And the women criminals really were, like, respectful of that. And so they didn't do that there. I was like, you know, they honor my... If you're going to do something, just wait till we leave. Wait till I go back to Miles apartment. Then whatever. Just when I play, I don't want to deal with that. And they actually liked that. Um... I remember when I was on those bad basketball courts, I couldn't make any of the requests I did to women killers because these type of women and men, they committed all these heinous acts on the court. Um, And there was no getting through to them. I didn't even try. But the women killers that, you know, would spend time with me, they they would listen. Um, you know, I remember when I was on the bad basketball course, there were guys who would lose to me on purpose because they would lose to me and the other people on the court. 
because they were afraid that we would do something to them if they lost. No, no, no. If we lost, not they, they were afraid that we would do something to them if we lost the game. It could be one-on-one. It could be, you know, in a mirror basketball. It could be competitive basketball. Or just, you know, it could be a game of 33. It could be horse. It could be any type of basketball game that's competitive. Um, they they tended to lose on purpose. Because let's say you're shooting basketball, but you're playing basketball with killers, um, gangbangers, um, robbers, stick-up kids, you know, stick-up artists, um, drug dealers, drug lords. It wasn't safe. Because let's say you accidentally scored a point. Like, you tried your best to shoot the ball as sloppy as possible. And it accidentally went in. Now you have something to worry about. And that's when all the mayhem would happen. So most of the times they would shoot badly and miss most of the time they got the people who did that got away with it because they're like oh we putting fear into them so we good but they've made one shot now they have their lives to worry about and uh, there were a, f- a few times where the ball players who were criminals hated that and still pursued them violently murderously and those tragedies happen because some criminals like it when you're afraid of them and some feel like you're threatening them by showing them that you're afraid of them. Um, Some will pursue you violently, murderously um, either way and some won't. Some are selective and some go, however I feel, if if I think you make me feel that way, I'm going to get at you. That's how it was on those bad basketball courts, so... I, I tended to play on the safe courts where I would play basketball um, with s- civilians, men civilians. I mean, some were men criminals, but even they were like, man, we don't feel like committing crimes right now. When we on the court, we keep that crime shit, that crime bullshit off the court. We do our crime bullshit and our crime shit off the court. But when we playing, having our fun, f- fuck crime. And that's how it was. And the women criminals, that's how they felt. So even on the safe courts, it was completely safe because you had men and women criminals playing with me. But most of the people that played with me in basketball court were men and women. Um, of course, you had, you know, teenagers, adolescents, kids. So some of the particular criminals I was with, they were like, we really ain't going to do our shit because you got youngins here. On the bad basketball courts, they didn't care if youngins were there. They was going to do some mafia shit to you, and they didn't give a fuck if you had minors around. So on the safe courts, you know, some of the women criminals I played with were prostitutes. They wanted to hoop with me. Um, Most of the people on, I mean, we say sex workers nowadays, but... Back then, you said the word prostitute. But again, we said sex workers nowadays. So when I was in that world, um, most of the people I played with were teenagers, kids, toddlers, men, civilians, women, civilians. When I say civilians, people that don't do any crime, don't have a rap sheet of criminality. So I tended to play on the basketball course with safe people. And... You know, it was just that some of the women element that were considered women bad element would, you know, would see me play because they were always following me. Because they were like, ooh, we, you know, they would follow me everywhere. And I knew that's what they were doing because they told me, yeah, everywhere you go, we gonna follow you. We like you. We, we just, we just like you. We just love you. Was it creepy looking back on it? Yeah. But... I wasn't always cognizant of the fact that that's what they were doing. Um, so, I remember just shooting around 
and they showed up. They were there before I was there. I was like, hey, what's up? We we heard you. You we heard that you know we saw that you was you was gonna come here. You said you're gonna be here at this time. We've heard you say that. So here we are. And I remember on the bad basketball course before I finished that story. There was prostitution on those bad basketball courts. I mean, some, you know, you would see it in the alley sometimes. You know, certain basketball courts, they would con- conduct their prostitution, sexual service on the court. Servicing dudes. And the dudes who were male prostitutes would service the women. And there was LGBT court plus prostitution, so... I'm not against LGBT plus adult sex work. I'm not against cis heterosex work, whether you're a man or a woman, you know. I'm just talking about this is organized crime, so that's an entirely different story, okay? Um, yeah. I mean, people would, on the bad basketball course, they would shoot dice. The good, the bookkeeping, the bookmaking, the gambling, um, you know, hustling people at gas stations, you know, all the stuff that I was doing on the bad basketball course, they did it all. You know, pumping your car gas. They figured out ways to pump your gas at the at the basketball court and get paid to do it. And they were dr- using drugs and selling drugs and smoking drugs and snorting drugs and shooting up drugs, sniffing drugs. While on the court, especially rolling up their dollar bill and putting the cocaine up their nose, and they saw crack pipes and heroin and weed and PCP, people running around naked and shit. It was just what happened. Those were the bad basketball courts. Those were the Sin City type basketball courts. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, happened on those courts. And with the good courts, I mean, none of that happened ever. Um, people smoke tobacco on the bad basketball courts, on the good basketball courts. None of that, none of that should happen. So, another thing I wanted to um, clear up with the, um, I think it was the women, the you know the sex workers who and and all the other women who came and played with me. They were pretty decent basketball players. I would teach them how to play the game. And there were times where the whole bleachers would be filled with women, mostly women. Most of the time, it was all women. Sometimes it was a group of women who would show up at the course before I do because it's like, okay, I got my my basketball clothes on. I'm ready to play. And, you know, women would follow me. Now, these are the good basketball courts, so yeah, were a lot of them bad element? Yeah, but did they ever do anything, like, to me? No. The bad women on the, the, the bad element women on the bad basketball courts, yes, they all violated me in every which way. But these particular ones on the good basketball courts, they never did that. All they did was follow me, talk to me and play ball with me and social life with me off the court. But the ones who violated me, yeah, they had a social life off the court, but they would violate me, you know. And these good basketball courts were filled with the women. And I had a reputation for being good with women, just nice. So I would go places, I'm playing. And sometimes they would show up. Most of the time they showed up before I did, or other times... I would be shooting around, and I would just see them flocking in my direction on the bleachers or on the court. Like, hey, and I would be playing basketball with a bunch of women. Teenage girls, young girls. Sometimes the course was filled with dudes, because I was cool like that in their mind. So sometimes the dudes, the teenage dudes, the young adult dudes, the just, you know, young adult women, uh, they would all show up. The young boys, girls, non-binary kids, a lot, even a lot of LGBT plus people would show up because I was nice to everybody. I was never phobic. I was always beloved by LGBT plus community ever since I was five. 
I was I never thought bad about their sexual orientation, their gender identity, them being genderless, them being outside gender binary or being non-binary. The LGBTQ plus people is always cool with me. They were one of the people that I would protect. Now I say us. Back then I would say they. Now I say us because now I'm, you know, I'm a member of the LGBTQ plus community. So that was how I grew up. I mean, I remember never doing... I, I didn't do anything to the guys on the bad basketball courts. I would say to, I would say to those guys... Hey, meet me on these good courts. I'm, don't tell, don't tell these dudes, don't tell these women, you know, where to, you know about what we're gonna be doing. You know, hey, just you know, make it out alive if you can, and meet me on these good courts. I, that's how I'm gonna keep you away from these dudes and these women. The ones who were just bad element and just doing shit to people and me. And most of these guys are able to survive. And some I tried my best to call off the hate crimes against them, but I couldn't. Most of the time I was able to. Um, so those same guys the next day would say, hey, just meet me tomorrow. And we would play ball. And I said, play, beat, beat, you know, you better than Michael Jordan, I would say to these guys. Give teach Mike how to play by how you shoot, and I would say, "We know you a good shooter. You can shoot well. Be be the best." And they would just they 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 had Michael Jordan type basketball capabilities. They would have done well in the NBA. And some of the people that play were actually women. You know, you had women who I would say, "Hey, meet me on the court tomorrow." I know you're scared to play well because. You got these, you know, bad element, um, these crime, these crime persons. So I would say, hey, meet me on the court. And these women had WNBA type of capabilities. I mean, they could really play. They could give, they, they would amaze Candace Parker and Lisa Sparks by how they would play. They were that good. Um, cause I let them play. And a lot of the, some of the people were, it was like a mixture of bad element and good element. I say bad element because that's who prostitutes and all of them were called. I don't judge people harshly, you know, but I don't judge people harshly necessarily, but I'm just telling you what they were called in my day, back in the day, back in my day. I know I sound old, but I have a wealth of wisdom, wealth of knowledge type of story. So, um, that's how it was for me when I was coming up, growing up. And, um, I couldn't protect everybody. Some people, you know, the fatalities, like I said earlier, that's why but most of them I was able to protect. Um, and I didn't try to do anything to those guys. Or women when I was on the bad basketball course. You know, on the good basketball course. I didn't do that. At all, I didn't. So... I just figured that I truly remembered God a lot of times. And all I could do was say to God, you know, God, I'm, God, it's not easy being your child, and I don't like saying that. I said, God, it's not easy to keep you first. God, I, I think I have a weird relationship with you. And I don't like saying that. God, you know how my mind works. It don't work like a lot of people out here. It doesn't work like a lot of people out here. I remember saying exact words to God. I used to feel like God, um, would just whisper reminders to me of, you know, 
At a time I said it's love, now I say it's love. It's love, no disrespect, but y'all say God is spirit, so I don't put gender to spirit um, for congruence purposes. But you know, I remember just being in that world and Sometimes the women would have me go roller blade and roller skate with them. Some dudes did. And I was good enough where I could last on those things. Skating rinks. So, you know, give me pizza, have me skate around and have fun like that. Skating to like techno and other types of music at the time. I had a difficult time back then. That may be an understatement I get. I I may have had an excruciating ass time. That may be an understatement too. Uh, But I had to, I, I stopped myself from feeling insignificant when it came to women the most. Um, I think I got my relationship with women in, in order. A lot of work, soul work, like, I... I've had to really change my heart when it came to women. Just the sensitivity I have for them now It'll always grow. I try. I do my best to grow my sensitivities towards women, sensitivity to women and girls uh, each and every day. Um, and now I feel I know in my heart it's much easier for me to do so because of the healing work I'm doing. I no longer feel like the bad guy when it comes to women. I no longer feel like the the. I no longer feel subpar when it comes to women. This is an organized crime woman. No, no, no. You know, it came to organized crime women. The rapper 50 Cent said in his Get A Krong song, Together niggas stand and divide they fall. That's how, that's what I saw in organized crime when they got busted and the legal system would punish them. The misogynistic version in organized crime it also happened. Sadly, together bitches stand and divide it, they fall. That's the organized crime mentality. I'm not saying those words should say those words. I'm telling you, that's how a lot of them think. We stand together, we fall together. So in that world, that's how they refer to themselves. In those exact words. I'm just being real about what I saw, how people talk about themselves, and how they think. You know, we ride together, we die together. We bleed together, we get killed together. We hustle dope together. We hustle people out of their money to get their money together. We get dealt with by life, by the criminals, and by the legal system together. We're united. And we together we and we get divided together. I know that's an oxymoron, a contradiction, juxtaposed. I get it, but that's how they that's how they talk about themselves. Um, so that world, I can honestly tell you. That world is about self-repression. It's about repressing your true self, repressing your nature, repressing your greatness, and repressing your wonderfulness that may have been there, but life snatched the greatness and wonderfulness away.
So yeah, all the Sin City stuff that happened on the basketball courts, I mean, this is the same results whenever we would play on, you know, football fields, um, whenever we played at um, baseball fields too, and just any sporting areas where we would play all types of sports. <laughs> Certain places where the bad element would go and do all the Sin City stuff on the court, and all the criminalities on fields and other sporting places. Um, that's what would happen. There were certain fields and certain courts I couldn't play on. Um, when it came to baseball, football, basketball, the other sports, and all the other sporting events, sporting places, where we would all play our sports. There were some that I played on and some I didn't. I would play with the safe people. Or if I played with some of the people play with criminals, they, there was no criminality on these courts and fields and all the other sporting places. So it depended on the sporting environment. Um, some were with bad element, and I knew not to play because organized crime and Sin City stuff would happen. And other sporting environments I would play all, you know, all types of sports, and I would be just fine even if there were some criminals there. And all the other sporting environments where I play all types of sports, it was so bad I just knew not to come anymore. And I didn't. Um, so even sporting areas, there was organized crime in Sin City and some weren't um, on both. And that sums it all up. So what I really had to to really learn, you know, was... the concept of also I was good at all these sports that I would play with all these people even the quote unquote bad element that were treating me well on the safe areas whenever we would play ball they would hey I was like the best athlete the best sports player they ever saw when it came to all sports and civilians and criminals would come where I was but there was never any drama everybody got along and the criminals didn't go around admitting their crimes but you know a lot of people who act good don't tell you the bad they do behind the scenes and that's how it was or if people knew as long as you didn't do it around them or they were, it was kind of like, it is what it is. That's how it was. So everybody got along. Everybody bonded over me. I was like the best that they've ever seen play in, in athleticism. Um, and I could play really well. No matter what sport it was, I could play it very well. When it came to each and every position on each and every type of sport, each and every type of sporting team and sporting event, I could flow with it very well. And I will say that that life for me, however, when it came to the bad environments, were there robberies? Yeah. The safe ones I played on? No. I'm just here to tell you all that um, that's what I was a product of. And um, I will say this. Of course, you know, I remember hanging out with people at tattoo parlors. You know, there were a lot of tattoos, no matter what environment I was in when it came to sports and just life in general and organized crime. And I have no problem with tattoos personally. I'm just telling you, a lot of the tattoos they had, um, when it came to the bad sports environments. It was very risque. 
you know, they were branding themselves, tattooing, um, you know, their glorification of organized crime, like they would tattoo offensive words and messages on their bodies. On the safe courts, they did have tattoos, but it was normal tattoos where people didn't care. But the ones on the court, it was like, wow, this is truly a proud gangbanger. But on the safe courts, none of that happened. So, in closing for this episode, um, I, I need and want to say that all I had was God. And all God had was me.